some golden daybreak, Jesus will come. Some golden daybreak, battles all won. He'll shout the victory, break through the blue. Some golden daybreak for me. Since 1943, the daily Bright Spot Hour gospel broadcast. This is your radio preacher, Benny Carper, and we have Mrs. Garrett at the beautiful Hammond organ, Jean Payne, to sing for us throughout the days of this week. You pray that God shall help us and that the blessings of the Lord shall be evidenced on this radio broadcast. Today we have Mrs. Garrett to play for us a beautiful number at the Hammond organ, Do You Know My Jesus? brings us to our prayer time every day on the bright spot hour we go to the throne of grace during this moment and pray do you know my savior have you trusted jesus christ do you know you've been born again is jesus christ your master and your lord if he's not this should be the glad day when you come to know jesus christ as your personal savior to live without him is to miss out on life's greatest knowledge now we pray together our father in Jesus' name, we're very careful to give you the praise and the honor and the glory for all that thou hast done. We thank thee, Father, for these years that the Bright Spot Hour has been broadcasting the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray thee, Father, for thy blessings to be evident, and I pray thee, Father, that you'd give us many more years to labor and serve the Lord, and may the Bright Spot Hour be a bright spot in the lives of all of your people. Now, Father, we come to Thee to remember all the requests that have come in. Lord, many people have written to us and laid their cares and their burdens out before our feet. And, Father, 
as we pray to thee, we remember those that write and say we have lost loved ones that need to be saved. Pray for my daughter. Pray for my mother. Pray for my father. Pray for my husband. Pray for my wife that they'll get saved. Father, may this be the glad day of salvation in their life. And may the Holy Spirit do his office work and bring conviction in that heart and life. Then those, Father, that listen, that are in the sunset of their journey, their lives are almost spent, I pray thee, Father, comfort them and encourage their hearts as they come in on the end of their journey in this life. Help our shut-in listeners. Help those that are in the hospital. And then, Father, I pray that you'd bless today in the preaching of the gospel. I pray thee, Father, that you'd help Brother Payne. Bless him while he sings. And may he be an inspiration to the many people that listen. And we shall very carefully give God the praise and the honor and the glory for our prayers and petitions are made in Jesus' name. Amen. Now Gene Payne, our friend, and you love to hear him sing, don't you, will introduce a song that he has written. And I want Brother Payne to come and tell us how God gave him this song, God's Throne of Grace. A young couple had just been told by the doctor that uh, there was a possibility that their expected twins would be mentally retarded due to the fact that their brains would not have the oxygen supply needed during the time of birth. I went to them, talked to them, and uh, we prayed that God would give them a safe birth. And then as I left, I said, Dear God, if you don't answer our prayer, I know that your grace will be more than sufficient and that daily this couple can come to the throne of grace and find the grace they need to, t to care for these retarded children. But God answered prayer and in a marvelous way gave them a normal birth. The children are normal today. And this uh, gave me the song, God's Throne of Grace. God's throne of grace is there for you. Humbly to him there's grace ever new. His grace will meet your deepest need. He hears as you ask. He hears as you plead. Come boldly before God's throne of grace. His mercy will keep you till the end of the race. When trials oppress you and burdens boldly to God's throne of grace. Come to the Savior, the Son of God. He knows your heartache, the path you now trod. Your cares have touched him, he feels your pain. Kneel down before him, 
an entrance you'll gain. Come boldly before God's throne of grace. His mercy will keep you till the end of the race. When trials oppress you and burdens distress you, come boldly to God's throne of grace. Thank you, Mother Jean Payne. A joy to have you on our branch for our program today. We shall look forward to your visit again tomorrow. Thank you also, Benny Carper, for introducing the program today. And with a great deal of thanksgiving, we salute you from WKXE in Knoxville, Maryville, Tennessee, from WMCH uh, in Churchill, Kingsport, Tennessee, from WBSC in Bennettsville, South Carolina, from WKDI in Denton, Baltimore, Maryland. I'd like you not to open your Bible with me, if you will, to uh, Revelation chapter number 14. I'm going to speak to you beginning with verse number 8 as we continue on the bright flower from this Revelation uh, chapter uh, today, the Lord willing. Uh, I come to urge upon you the fact that we're broadcasting by faith and that I must say every day because the expenses are high and the financial responsibility great. And I hope that I can challenge you to assume your part of the responsibility so that every door might be maintained if it's God's will. Revelation tape number 12, uh, dealing with chapter number 14, is now ready to mail to any of you. You'll find the messages this week, today through Friday, on this one-hour cassette tape. And it would be my joy to mail one to you. You may not get to hear the program every day, but you may be interested in what I'm going to say about chapter 14 of the Revelation. Then when I get all five of the messages this week, Monday through Friday, on one cassette tape, uh, the message part of the program only, and we'll be glad to send that to you if you'll write to me and simply say, send Revelation tape number 12. Revelation tape number 12. And they'll $5. And I'd be happy to mail one to you. And then I'm going to offer again my Revelation commentary, a 340-page uh, verse-by-verse commentary on the 22 chapters in the book of the Revelation. Beautifully cloth-bound, one of the most handsome books I think I've ever seen. I'm so proud to have it in production. And I pray that it can be and will be a blessing to many, many people down to the years even after my voice is silent in death. Now, I'm thrilled for you to have a copy of my commentary on the Revelation uh, as a supplement to my sermons day by day from this all-important book. In these days of the Great War in the Persian Gulf, we need to know what the Bible has to say about anything that happens in the Middle East. That's the Bible land, you see. Amen. Iraq is ancient medial Persia uh, in the uh, following the Babylonian Empire. And uh, Iran is the ancient Babylonian Empire. And uh, on down the line, Syria is the same Syria that carried away the ten northern tribes of the people of Israel into the captivity uh, about uh, uh, 400 years B.C. And we need to know these things and uh, their relationship to the Bible. And I invite you to get my book on the Revelation. I think you'll be very helpful, and I invite you to write. They are $17 as a gift to the Brightsville Hour, and I'll be happy to send yours in the return mail. 
Then I have a cassette tape, a message I brought to my people just two Sundays ago at Tabernacle on 40 years in the pulpit, the same pulpit, how? 40 years, uh, I've not quite reached that point, but I'm in the 39th year as pastor here at Tabernacle, and uh, that's been quite an experience. In fact, it's my whole life, and the whole burden of my life, and the thirst of my life has been spent here at Tabernacle, and I'm not a young man as long as I'm an older man. But I try to tell you how it happened and why I believe it happened. Not because of any merit of my own. I do my best to give God all the praise and all the glory for these 40 years in the same pulpit. How can it happen? Well, I try to say that to you in this sermon. I'll be able to mail it to you on a cassette tape. If you'll ask for the tape on 40 years, send your gift to $5, and I'll be able to mail one to you. Then I have my book on 13 Steps to Armageddon. Now, here's a book with 13 sermons on the second coming of our Lord. And I think they're very timely in these particular days for sure. And I want you to have a copy. It's a 150-page book, a beautiful cover, outside cover, very attractive. And I have a sermon in the book on the Antichrist, another message in this book on the Mark of the Beast. I dealt with that some last week on the radio. I have another message on the Battle of Gog and Magog. Then I have another message on the Battle of Armageddon. And they're not the same. They're two different battles. And you need to know that. Then I have another message on the millennium, the thousand years. I have another message on uh, the mark of the beast. What will the mark of the beast be? We saw that in chapter 13. Now, here are 13 sermons on the second coming in one volume. Now, we have to mail this book to any of you if you're interested in further study along these lines, and certainly all of us are, then you may get it. Simply ask for the book on 13 steps. Send to me a copy of the book on 13 steps. And they're $5 as a gift and I'll be happy to mail it to you. Then my book on the millennium I've been talking about, I'm going to offer uh, through the end of February, the thousand years when our Lord Jesus occupies the throne of his father David and rules with a rod of iron. Now what kind of a day will that be? There'll be a lot of changes, you believe me, many changes, and I point those out in the message on the millennium. I have a chapter in the book on the purpose. Why does God decree a thousand years on the earth before the holy city of the new Jerusalem? can be your joy and my joy. The book on the millennium, the word millennium means a thousand, the thousand years when our Lord reigns from David's throne in Jerusalem and reigns over the whole earth as king of kings. It's going to be a glorious reality, maybe sooner than the average one of us could ever imagine. Now you simply ask for book number 17, send to me a copy of book number 17. They are $2 per copy as a gift, or you may have three copies for a gift of $5 to the Bright Spot Hour door. And that'll have us pay for radio time. We're now spending nearly $30,000 per month. That's $1,000 a day to maintain the present network across America. And my friend, the only way we can do that, possibly, is by your support. Do what you can do, and I'll deeply appreciate your letter. My mail and address, the Bright Spot Hour, Post Office Box number 4. And Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. On yesterday, I left off with verse number 8 in Revelation chapter 14, where another angel uh, was uh, appeared in heaven, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because you made all the nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Now, Babylon, that word's very important in our day. 
Uh, actually, Babylon, the, the city, is the same as Baghdad, the city in Iraq in our day. And uh, immediately you think about uh, Baghdad when you read the word Babylon, the Bible, Babylon, the city. Uh, but uh, I'd like to remind you that in this particular verse, uh, as in chapter number 17, we'll note that uh, sometime next week or the following week, uh, the Babylon in chapter 17 does not necessarily refer to the city of Babylon that we know about uh, in the ancient day under Nebuchadnezzar, but rather a Babylonian religious system. We know it doesn't say Babylon the country or Babylon the nation has fallen, but it says that great city, Babylon, the great city. The city is a reference to the city in Italy, Rome, built upon seven hills. And the Babylon of this particular chapter is the same as the Babylon in chapter number 17. Now note, uh, in chapter 17, the Bible speaks a great deal about the, uh, her fornication, the fornication of that uh, Babylonian religious system. Uh, in mind, and uh, we'll have the same word about fornication mentioned in verse 8 uh, here in chapter 14. And so the great city uh, of the great ecclesiastical uh, church of the Antichrist in the time of the tribulation period, after the true church has been raptured out, that great city is fallen. That great system is now fallen under the wrath of God and the judgment of God, and the nations of the earth bewail and mourn and lament in the judgment of God poured out upon the religious system that is a commercial empire as well as a religious uh, empire as well as a political empire in the ancient days. So you keep that word Babylon related to the Babylon in chapter 17, and that city, uh, that word is not necessarily related to the city of Babylon, but to the ancient Babylonian religious system that is headed up uh, in the city of Rome, the city upon seven mountains. We'll find that uh, terminology by the way in chapter number 17. Now we're going to read in verse 9, and the third angel uh, in this chapter, the first angel, and then the second angel, another in verse number 8, and now the third angel followed them, the first two, saying with a loud voice, and again that repetition of the word loud, I, I said some things about that on yesterday. I think God's people ought to be excited enough to declare uh, profoundly and loudly the message of the Lord. And this angel said with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast, that's the beast out of the sea in chapter 13, or any man worship his image, or if any man receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand. Now we saw that in the preceding chapter, number 13, where the false prophet is going to erect a, a, an image, cause an image to be made of the Antichrist and then give out a decree that all the world bow and worship at the image of the beast out of the sea. And then the false prophet also is going to ordain a mark. He's going to give a mark. And we saw in the preceding chapter that that mark is 600, three score, and six. Six, six, six is the mark of the beast. And he's going to say that mark must be placed upon every man's forehead or in his right hand that no man can buy or sell except he have the mark of the beast in his right hand or upon his forehead. And he's going to cause the world to receive that mark. He's not going to coerce the world to receive it or compel the world to receive it, but he's going to make it so popular. The end thing in that day will be that the world of unregenerated, blinded sinners will eagerly and anxiously receive 
the mark of the beast in their right hand. At the command of the false prophet, the beast out of the out of the earth, the second beast of chapter 13. And so the, uh, the uh, false prophet uh, gives out the decree, and this uh, angel certifies it, that if any man uh, worship the beast, now here's the result of it, the same. If any man worship the beast, or if any man receive uh, the mark in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Here's the penalty, here's the judgment of God, which is to say that if a man receives the mark of the beast, or if a man bows down to worship the image of the mark of the beast, then he, by doing that, uh, predetermines his destiny uh, to a lake of fire, of, of, of fire and brimstone in verse number 10. And he's going to be tormented in the presence of all the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus, having received the mark and having bowed down to worship the image of the Antichrist. That's the penalty. Now remember the church is raptured out uh, back in chapter number 4 of the Revelation. When you get to chapter 14, there is no church as we know it in our day. All the body of Christ has been lifted out to be Jesus in clouds, you see and leaving behind a whole generation of reprobates and unregenerates, agnostics and infidels and skeptics and vile, wretched people who know not God and who have refused all their lifetime to bow down to Jesus Christ as Lord as you have and as I have. These are left behind, and these are the ones that shall receive the mark of the beast and bow down and worship at his image. And when they do, they're going to receive the wine of the wrath of God poured out upon them with fire and brimstone. Now verse 11, And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. Somebody said, Is there eternal fire in hell? It seems in verse 11, it could be no other way. There's certainly fire and brimstone, verse number 10. And in verse 11, uh, That smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever would insinuate that the fires of hell are eternal, and I do believe that. And they have no rest. The people in hell have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth a mark in his hand. You see the finality of that, the totality of that. Uh, here is uh, uh, a, a generation of people who in their utter rebellion against God go to the degree that they bow down and worship the image of a counterfeit and receive the mark of a, a counterfeit. And God in his judgment will pour out ultimate judgment and wrath upon that entire generation. Now here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Christ. Now that refers to those tribulation saints in the tribulation period who will not bow down. There will be a remnant, not many, but there will be a remnant who say, I will not bow to his image nor will I receive the mark in their right hand. Uh, and that patience of the saints is reverence to them. Now we're holding on tomorrow, I'm going to pick it up with verse number 13 here in chapter 14, and we'll go a step further as we move through the book, verse by verse. Thank you for listening today, and goodbye until tomorrow. Thank you so much to my late grandfather, the broadcast you enjoyed today was originally aired February the 25th of 1991. 
I appreciate the fact that we can air these vintage Bright Spot Hour broadcasts now and enjoy the program exactly as it was aired back many years ago. This is Dr. Ben Carper, the director of the Bright Spot Hour. The broadcast that you have just enjoyed is entirely listener-supported. I appreciate those of you that hear the Bright Spot Hour day by day. You understand that I tell the Lord our need, and then I come to my radio listeners and ask for your help to enable this broadcast to remain on the air. Our mailing address, the Bright Spot Hour, Post Office Box Number 4, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. I hope you'll write your letter of correspondence to us today. May the Lord richly bless you until the Bright Spot Hour tomorrow.